Hey everyone, welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and today is part two of our series on the Enneagram. And why am I so smitten by the Enneagram? Well, I'm super into emotional intelligence. I'm teaching a whole session on emotional intelligence at Optima this year. And I really think it's important that as fitness pros, we understand and have greater insight into ourselves, that we have some emotional intelligence, how we interface with the world around us. We're people, people, we're, we're sometimes people pleasers, but our whole profession is built on building relationships with people. And what better way to do that than to start by having personal insight. We do not understand other people until we understand ourselves. So today again is part two of the Enneagram. And honestly, I couldn't be more excited. I super geek out over this stuff. So I am not an Enneagram expert. I'm just an Enneagram lover and a personality test lover, but I have somebody on here who is, and she was with us last week. If you want to catch up with that episode, but her name is Jana Thomason. She is a nurse and she is an Enneagram coach. And I'm going to bring her on and have her introduce herself. Hey, Jana, how are you? Hi, Angie. Um, I am excited to be here. Yeah, so I'm Jana Thomason. I have been a nurse for 20 plus years. I'm aging myself, but um, I've always been fascinated with understanding people, why the things, why people do the things they do. And then I, I kind of went back to why I do the things that I do and really um, did some deep self-discovery work and love sharing it with other people on how you can um, determine your growth, your path of growth, of transformation, as well as self-discovery. All right. Well, you know, in Jana, in our previous episode, you had talked about how you had lost your dad and your husband was sick and you were going through a real phase of burnout. And I talked about how I do think that those are pivotal moments for all of us, often through loss, through hardship, through difficulty, we do start to experience burnout because our work is impacted. And we start to ask all these questions like, am I doing the right thing? Am I making an impact? Am I in the right place? Is this the right thing for me? Because we're not really sure. Is it the hardship itself that's impacting us? Or are we truly burnt out or we burn out on life? And so I think once again, because we're in a global pandemic and just when we all thought we were going to come out of this, here we are again. And, and we're, we have a lot of um, different ways that we're moving about the world with other people right next to us. And they think very differently. And there's a lot of strong opinions about um, a lot of issues in our world right now. And so I think that this is a powerful time to do a deep dive into understanding emotional intelligence and all the ways that we can grow with that and and have more empathy for ourselves so that we can show up more empathetic for other people. We don't have to agree or align with them, but what about just a little bit of understanding and empathy that we all move through the world differently? So, um, Jana, did I do that right? Kind of explain yeah. what your impetus was for understanding the Enneagram? Yes. And what I, what's so encouraging about the Enneagram is it gives us this really um, amazing grace and compassion, number one for ourselves, but also for people that we interact with for, it gives, it gives grace and compassion to them as well so that we can understand that, you know, it wasn't, you know, personally towards us that they're, you know, they have these motivations and these ways that they act. And it just, it allows a lot of grace. And I think our world could use a lot of grace and compassion right now. I do too. And, you know, and that's the thing is that it's, 
it's not personalizing other people because it's understanding that that they uh, they have these different types of personality and it's that nature versus nurture thing you know some of it were we're born with some of these characteristics we develop some of these characteristics or our value system but at the end of the day any kind of inventory whether it's a Myers-Briggs or anything but Janet and I are especially smitten by the Enneagram and again since I'm teaching this session at Optima on emotional intelligence I thought this was a perfect time to come on and talk about a good inventory that we can all use. And last week we talked, we started with the three centers of intelligence. And Jana, I'm going to have you, if you would, do just a quick down and dirty review of what those three centers of intelligence were so that we can then talk about the nine personality types. Because we want you to understand that even if you haven't taken the Enneagram, and even if you never take the Enneagram, listening to these episodes is going to give you insight. You're going to hear people that you know. You're going to hear yourself. And we're going to give you some insight into what that means in your relationships with these people, right? So stay with us because you're going to love this, all right? So Dana, yes. tell us about the three centers of intelligence. Yes. Yeah, so we actually have three centers of intelligence in our body. We have the, the head that we're all familiar with, um, which is the, the head center of intelligence. We have the gut and we have the, or the body, and then we also have the heart. So the heart, I always start with the heart, uh, you know, they're all about connection and um, approval, affection. They're very driven by feelings and, um, image and um, that negative fixation that you might hear them say is I'm not worthy. Um, but they're all about connection and relationships. The head centers of intelligence people, they are all up in their head. They analyze, they strategize, they work through the world with mental activity. Um, they process by thinking and planning. It's all about security, survival, and that negative fixation that they struggle with is that fear and anxiety of I won't have enough or I have to I have to have enough to feel safe. And then lastly, we have that gut or that body center of intelligence. And it's all um, every everything is through that that instinctual feeling. This is the doing um, center of intelligence. And so they respond directly um, from that gut. Honestly, it's all about um, power and control and that negative fixation that these types struggle with is that anger and guilt. You might hear them say, I've had enough or I've done enough um, or I haven't done enough. And so they, they feel everything through that intuition or that gut space. Okay. So again, I'm talking to Jana Thomason. She's a nurse and an Enneagram coach. We're talking about why we as fit pros could benefit from taking the Enneagram or at least understanding the Enneagram, hearing the three centers of intelligence and the nine styles. So just a quick review. We've got three centers of intelligence. We've got the heart, we've got the head, and we've got the body. And also one thing we mentioned in the previous episode is we don't only navigate our world through one of those. We tend to, we have to be able to be flexible you know, sometimes, so the, the head person, I think my husband's a head person. So he is all into protecting his heart. He doesn't like to be vulnerable. He navigates the world through knowledge and facts. And um, his, it translates to, he wants security. He thinks about finances and survival. And it, sometimes that can come across as fear and anxiety. It's always having to have a plan. Um, those head, those uh, heart people have a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings. They want to and approval, but sometimes that 
can translate to fear and am I worthy? And so there's a, there's a good and a bad to all of these. And then those body gut people, they, um, they want power and control. And sometimes that translates to anger. They, they do, they move through the world a lot through instinct. But again, we don't, we aren't just one of these. We don't navigate just from our head, our heart or our gut. Um, we would, we would be better served to be able to focus on, Hey, if I know my husband is a head person and if I know, let's say I'm a heart person, then I know that he's not being rude or dismissive. I know that he is just a person who's up here. And so it might be hard for him to tap into what's here. And that gives me some, some opportunity to have empathy for him and to not have expectations of him that he maybe can't deliver. What do you think of that, Jana? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great um, spot to be at. And another thing that you could encourage him, you know, to step into his heart space as well. And, and you know, then you meet him in his headspace and just understanding that that is where he's coming from is very, very insightful and can help with relationships. And you might even notice that um, similar, you know, if many times people have the same conflict over and over and over, you know, it's the same fight. It's the, and so this kind of, this, um, the Enneagram can help you kind of pick differently and to, um, come at it from a different angle and maybe make a different choice where you don't have to have that same conflict over and over. Okay. Awesome. So let's get into those nine personality styles. And again, you know, fitness pros, I want to say to you, whether you're a group fitness instructor or you are a personal trainer or a small group trainer, I really want us to be the change agents because I really think we are. I think now more than ever, people are listening to fitness pros. They want to become more healthy on the outside, but that translates to more healthy on the inside. Our emotional health and our physical health are very highly linked together. Um, and so I think that we can be change agents agents and our understanding and, and acceptance of other people can go a long way. And I hope that this fosters that. I hope this lays a foundation for personal insight so that we can have compassion toward ourselves and other people. So, um, because I think it would have a positive influence on our work. I talked in the last episode about how I stick with one dentist. I stick with one doctor. I build relationships with people. Um, it's what it's what sustains businesses and we are a business and what will sustain our business is people being able to build a relationship with us. But if we put who we are onto other people and expect them to navigate their world, according to our rules, then it's going to be really hard for our clients to want to stay with us versus a trainer who really embraces and accepts them for who they are. Right. So let's, let's deep dive into those, Deanna. Can you start with those nine styles? Cause I know yes. what style I am and I'm dying to talk about it. Yes. Yes. So as, as you listen to these type, these nine different types of number, it's really um, easy to assume that, you know, like somebody else's, somebody that you're close to. Um, but I do want to encourage you that the Enneagram work first and foremost is all, is all about knowing yourself. And so um, you may hear some things in here that um, aren't like your favorite qualities about yourself. And I want you to sit with that and give and have curiosity about that. Um, and not everything may sound like you, but um, if you find that most of the things that I talk about with a certain type, that that may be where you need to investigate a little bit further. So um, I encourage you to kind of take a deep breath and to um, have an open curiosity. So we're going to stop at the start at the top type one. These are called the reformer or the perfectionist, and they bring goodness to the world. So they seek perfection in the world and they want to constantly try to improve themselves, you, everything around them. They're self-controlled, quick to judge, and they spend lots of energy trying not to make a mistake. 
Uh, many times they might be seen as overly critical of others, but they really are their um, own worst critic. They um, are searching for protection and correctness. And you might even hear words like should, ought, must. Um, they have a very large to-do list for themselves, and they may even have a to-do list for you. Um, so the communication style for this type, um, they want to know what is right and correct, and their drive is to be right and to improve. So as you're thinking about your clients, um, these are, are the reformers. They want to make everything right and good. All right. Oh, go ahead. Did you want to move on or do you? Are no, you I was going to move on. You tell me. All right. Well, perfect. So let's sit with that one for a minute because it's interesting when I took the Enneagram, I didn't end up as a one and I thought for sure I was going to <laughs> because perfectionism is my, is my frenemy. Okay. So um, I really struggle with it a lot. I'm being not overly critical of others, but overly critical of myself and striving to get it right. And I should myself a lot and I must myself a lot. And so um, I want to improve by, by always having the best work out there. And so um, I hear that type ones, you know, they're, they want to improve the world. They want to make the world a better place. They want to show up and do things the best that they can, but sometimes it can come across as being critical of themselves and of others because it can translate to a lot of shoulds. So I think, how'd I do on that one? You, you did a great job. And, you know, um, just to remember, like we all have types and, or we all have um, characteristics of every type. Yes. And so really when you, when you think about this, think about the under the motivation behind it. So they're all motivated to bring um, perfection and goodness to the world. So we all can have perfection um, tendencies, but just to kind of really look at that motivation. I like that to think about it in terms of motivation, because that really is the foundation of the Enneagram is mm -hmm. what is our motivation to do, say, what is our motivation to show up at the, in the world the way that we show up? right? And motivation is huge. And this is again, why I chose the Enneagram, because we as trainers are so driven by motivation. What motivates our clients? Well, understanding our personality and being able to kind of hear some of our clients in here, we get a better idea of what motivates them. And if we have a client that is motivated to perfection, they want to hear constant feedback that they're doing things well. They need that feedback, right? If I'm hearing you right, Jana. Yeah. So again, I'm talking to Jana Thomas and she She's a nurse and an Enneagram coach. We're talking about the nine types. We've already talked about the three centers of intelligence. We're talking about the nine types. And right now we're on type one and we're understanding the motivations behind what we do, but also maybe, maybe gaining some insight into our clients. So if I had a client who was a type one, Jana, I hear you say that that perfection, my guess is that would translate as if, if I'm that person, I want to be told I'm doing it correct. Does that make sense? Yes. That okay. you're doing it correct, you're not making a mistake, and the, the improvement is big. Yes. Is this kettlebell swing good? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to type two. Okay, yeah. So the type twos are called the helpers, and they bring love to the world. They want to be liked, and they focus their attention on meeting the needs of others. They look for cues um, from others to determine the degree to which they're appreciated. They... Um, they value and are attracted to love. They want to be generous people. They want to make the world um, a better place, a better loving place to live in. Um, harmonious 
intimate relationships or what life is all about, um, but can often be um, resentful and feel, feel and taken advantage of um, and forget that their own needs matter. Sometimes might be seen as overly helpful or smothering. And um, many times they're going to ask how you are. And so get attention off themselves and, and onto another person. So um, twos are amazing at making others feel comfortable. And their communication style might be what's helpful. Um, and then they have a drive to love and to be loved and to express feelings to others. So they might look like so very appreciative that you're helping them with you know, on their journey of health. Okay. So when I hear it too, I think about, you know, they want to bring love and they want to be loved. Um, but they, they look to others a lot for approval and appreciation. So they, they maybe get a little bit of their self-worth through the eyes of other people. And that mm -hmm. can be hard to navigate the world that way, because if we're looking for approval from other people, especially in the world, the way it is today, we may not get that readily. Right. Um, but they are very um, and impacted by intimate relationships, but they can also be resentful. I think of the twos and I could be crossing the line here. You can pull me back if you want to, but, and all of us are a little bit of this, but a little bit codependent. They mm -hmm. need to be needed and they need this approval from other people, but then they can get resentful that other people are always leaning on them. Does that sound like a two? Yes. Yes. You know, and, and what that looks like. Um, so we, we understand that. And then what the growth path is to go, my needs do matter. And I can use my voice to say, I need some time away and I'm going to say no, and I'm going to put up boundaries. So that's kind of that growth path of each type is to be, you know, we can, we see these characteristics, but then how do you improve or how do you um, grow in that? Okay. I love that because you're talking about the motivation behind that personality type, but also how can we grow? And I like that you call it a growth path because at the end of the day, we are often wired to look at personality as defective or good. It's not defective or good. There's just ways that we can grow in our personality. We all have things that trigger us. We're not defective. And, and I don't want us to think that our clients are defective or that the rest of the world is defective. We just have areas of our personality where we can grow. And that's where, that's what emotional intelligence is all about. So a growth path for that person who might be more codependent and needing attention and affection from other people could be to realize that my needs matter. And I sometimes have to get that from within. All right. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. So let's yeah. move on to type three. Okay. So type threes are the achievers or the effective. They bring um, efficiency and competence. So they want to be productive people seeking to make the world a better, more efficient place to to live in. Um, they love to bring projects to completion. It's all about accomplishing goals and working effectively. They have lots of energy and are savvy. And But when they don't have goals, they don't have energy. They're um, many times motivated by external applause. Um, some people say that America is a type three country. Um, threes are great multitaskers. They have trouble with downtime because they don't know what to do or who they are. So they maybe were rewarded um, in, in their childhood for achievement or completion. Um, and they help motivate the rest of the, the rest of us. Um, they can be shapeshifters and um, tend to uh, be who they think they people around them want them to be. So they struggle with knowing their type. Um, and they communicate, though, energetically and assertively. And their drive is to have success and to be admired. 
All right. So when I hear a three, I think about, you know, those high achievers and mm-hmm. they always have to have goals. And if they don't have goals, then they probably start to lose their, they, they don't want to put their feet on the floor in the morning because they always have to be working on something. Yeah. Um, they always have to have a bunch of irons in the fire because they're multitaskers. And, 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 and I understand that personality type quite well. I can get into those realms myself. Um, and so if, if we thought in terms of motivation, I think I hear you say, Jana, that a three's motivation is achievement. What's their growth path? Their growth path is to realize that achieving and all of those goals um, aren't what fulfills them. They need to figure out who they are. Their their passion and their vice is deceit, and that's deceit to themselves because um, they they put on this persona of I have to achieve, achieve, achieve. And so when they come to the present um, and start to look at who they are in the present and what, you know, what, who they are, um, that's where they can start to grow. And it's hard for them because they just want to be like, okay, let's fix this. I want to do this. Um, And so they, they struggle with um, coming to the present. They're always kind of forward or future focused. I like that because I, I, I do. And I work with clients who are very achievement achievement. And the minute one achievement is done, they got to move on to the next one. And a lot of fit pros are like that. I get this certification. Okay. Now I got to get the next one. Now I got to get the next one. And if they're not working on something, they don't feel personally fulfilled, but sometimes that is um, a pivot. It's a, it's kind mm-hmm. of a scapegoat. Like let's not um, really deep dive into who I am and just feeling worthy without having to have that worth based on achievement all the time, just being good enough to be good enough. Right. And I hear that as the growth path. Does that sound yes. right? Yes. That is all right. So let's move on to type four. Okay. So type fours are the individualists or the um, creatives and they bring creativity and beauty to the world. They desire to feel special and to have this unique life and they have um, emotions um, and especially painful ones, they play out really powerfully in their lives. Um, they truly have never felt understood by others, um, even though it's one of their deepest longings. And they have this unique ability to be present to the needs of others. They can sit in pain. Um, sometimes they desire for someone to rescue them from these deep feelings. Um, and they tend to focus on what's missing. Um, this is a complex number, and it's probably one of the most uncommon Um, They really want to be seen and to feel special. Sometimes they can get energy from what's tragic. Sometimes their moods can shift three to five times an hour is what the research that I've, I've seen. Um, They can pick out somebody that's inauthentic immediately. Um, And their communication style could be reserved and or dramatic. Their drive is for connection and um, expression of feelings and moods. Okay. You know, I read about fours because of course, when I do these things, I always have to Google and find out the rarest type and find out if I'm that person. And so I read about the fours and it did, it talked about, you know, they're very individualistic. Um, they're very creative and they're very emotive. Oh my goodness. Emotive, emotive. And they don't feel understood, but they really, really, really want to be understood. And so their, 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 their crux or their, um, their axe to grind is that they're, they're looking for deep understanding, but they don't ever really feel like other people get them. And so um, they can come across as kind of moody and maybe they're reserved because they're withholding. They're not really sure that they can, you know, trust or that other people are going to understand them. And, or it can be very dramatic, like, you know, presenting themselves in a way like, darn it, understand me. And if you don't, then I'm going to be very dramatic in my behavior so that you do have to take notice. Does that sound right? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. What's a growth path for them? Um, a growth path for them is um, equanimity. So being okay with the mundane and the normalcy and um, being um, coming, they're very past driven. So coming to the present and starting to think of future. So. Okay. So being okay with the way things are mm-hmm. kind of just finding steady state, not having to be very dramatic or not having to be withdrawn, um, not having to have all these different moods, but being okay with being okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's a big one, right? Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. okay. It's okay to be okay. <laughs> and just yes. sit with being okay for a bit that things don't have to be up in arms or go the reverse. So, and, um, and, and I would say that their motivation is to be, is to be understood. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's go on to type five. I yeah, love this. I hope you all are loving this. I hope that you're seeing yourself, seeing your clients, mm-hmm. and I hope that it's helping you to gain greater emotional intelligence so that we can help make the world a better place. Yes. Okay. So type fives, they are the investigators or the observers, and they bring wisdom to the world. Their deepest desire is to know that they're capable. They gather information in order to master particular subject matters. So their inner world of ideas and um, analysis is many times safer than emotions or the feelings of others. They have the ability to see possibilities and to put them into um, really clear steps and sequences. Um, Maybe seen as distant and disconnected, um, not usually aggressive. They like time alone and they desire predictability. Many times they're rational and sometimes they think everybody else is irrational. Um, And you might even hear them say, I think I feel. Everything is interesting to them. They are loyal. They keep secrets. Um, They love you by supporting you. And many times they start the day off with a battery that's half full. And so every encounter that they have, it sometimes takes energy away. And their goal is is to get home before they run out of energy. And their communication style is expressed through ideas or theories. And their um, drive is to observe, know, analyze, and understand. Okay. So these type fives, they're they're investigative. They observe the world around them. They're always aware of what's going on and they're looking at possibilities, but sometimes they can seem disconnected. I would imagine they're in their head a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They're probably in their head a lot. They're, they're in their head. Looking around and observing the world, which makes them seem kind of distant. Um, they like predictability. They like things to be kind of steady state. I imagine that that allows them to stay up in there and kind of observe things from a distant view, but they're also very loyal and they keep secrets. So what's a growth path for them? A growth path for a type five is um, knowing that there will be enough and to step um, out of their head and to be present with people and to um, engage. Okay. So be able to engage, be able to go into the party and not just observe everybody and creep everybody out in the corner, (laughs) but to actually talk to everyone and be a part of it, right? And to know that it's okay to be a part of things and to be present. So again, this is Gianna Thomas and we're talking about the Enneagram and how it's so beneficial for fit pros and how it can build our emotional intelligence. She is a nurse and an Enneagram coach. So let's move on to type six, Gianna. Yeah. So type six are the loyalists and they bring loyalty and they are very dutiful. So they're cooperative, trustworthy, sometimes to a fault, um, can be anxious. And sometimes others can be frustrated with their indecisiveness. Um, they're also called the questioner or the devil's advocate. Um, 
they need um, to feel certain and secure, and they have a really um, tendency to look at authority and question. They ask lots and lots of questions. So if you come out with a plan, they may have like 50 questions to ask you. They have a strong need um, for control, and they are always thinking of that worst case scenario. Um, they always have kind of a plan in the back of their head, but they are the glue that holds the world together. Many times type sixes are police officers, um, fire departments. Um, they they think everybody else is fearful like them. And sometimes um, they look and ask a lot of people for their um, advice, their opinion. Um, they want to know their role. Their communication style is agreeable and their drive is to seek the common good and to have reassurance and support. All right. So, Jana, if I'm looking at this, then they're these type six, they're trustworthy, um, but they can also be kind of anxious and indecisive. They, they like to play the devil's advocate. Um, they question authority. They need control. And sometimes they think about these worst case scenarios. Um, and maybe their their growth path is to build trust in others. Would that be something that you would say? Yeah. And also just to have courage in themselves and to trust their their inner knowing um, is, is definitely a growth path for type six. Yeah. All right. So let's go to type seven. Let's okay. do this. So type sevens, they, these are called the enthusiasts or the epicure and they bring joy to the world. They love new possibilities and they want to experience them all. Um, sometimes when they anticipate of the, you know, what's coming up next, they miss that present moment and sometimes can bury the emotions that they're feeling. So they delight in all possibilities. Life is like a buffet. They want to try a bunch of different things. Um, but they are afraid of not having enough and they can be masters of denial and get distracted easily, but they are charming and they have this beautiful way of uplifting people around them. Um, and they dread kind of being boring. Um, so anticipation is everything. And sometimes after a, an event happens, um, they're already moving on and planning the next. Life is kind of lived in their head. They need spontaneity. Um, I like to, I like the same beginnings are fun for type sevens. The middle is sticky and the ending is excruciating. So, <laughs> you know so I'm a type seven. So I was trying, <laughs> I was trying to take copious notes. Uh, definitely don't want to be boring. Uh, definitely love to look forward to things. And the minute something's over, um, I am I am literally the one who's in an airport. And when the trip is over, I'm looking for flights for my next trip. I'm Googling where I can get my next you know, really good deal. So I am so guilty of this. So enthusiasts, uh, I like to be uplifting can sometimes be in denial. Um, what's my, what's my motivation? What's, what's my underlying motivation? Your motivation, um, is to, um, have freedom and avoid missing out. Ah, so I want freedom and I don't, you know, I have a f fear of missing out. Uh, what is that? FOMO. FOMO. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want freedom. And what's my, what's my growth path on this one? Um, to, okay. So as a type seven, they're very future oriented. And so, um, coming to the present, um, sitting through some feelings that, that sometimes are hard, the sticky feelings. Um, and then, uh, it, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of, so sobriety is the, the path of not having all of that stimulus and kind of bringing, coming to the present and feeling the feelings, which isn't 
always fun for type sevens. What? I know. <laughs> Sit with those feelings. No, thank you. All right. Even though I tell other people to do that. Right. Do I hypocrite? Okay. So let's move on to type eight. Okay. So type eight is the challenger. Um, they bring power to the world. So they pursue both justice and truth and they like to keep everything under control. They want to make important things happen. They're not afraid of big decisions and they will fight for the underdog. Sometimes they can be seen as confrontational and intimidating. Um, another word is called the boss. Um, they don't necessarily want to be in charge, but they don't want you to be in charge of them. They have lots of energy. And when they were kids, innocence um, didn't work and they were rewarded for their strength. Um, they're great cheerleaders. If you give them, uh, if you give a hundred percent, but if you don't give a hundred percent, they'll probably stop supporting you. Um, they don't want you to beat around the bush. They want you to give straight facts. Um, they uh, are seldom afraid. They're only afraid of vulnerability. Their communication style is blunt, direct, and truthful. And they have a drive to resist vulnerability and to make sure that they can exercise power and control. All right. So I hear those type eights. They can be kind of challenging. Um, they can challenge you. They don't necessarily want to be vulnerable. Um, they, they don't necessarily want to be the boss, but they don't want you to boss them around. Um, but they are great cheerleaders. They are very straightforward. You're always going to know how they think. I hear a little bit of me in this. Um, I don't want to be the boss, but I don't necessarily want to be bossed around. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to learn to be vulnerable in my life because I was always rewarded for being very strong, always having it together. So I had to learn to be vulnerable. So I love that. I love how you describe that. Let's move on to the last one. Let's do type nine. Okay. So type nine kind of at the end here is the peacemaker and they bring peace to the world. They're stable, optimistic, supportive. They dislike conflict and tension and they want everything to go smoothly, sometimes even simplifying problems. Um, they can avoid conflict. They are great at avoiding conflict and, um, they sometimes set aside their own needs um, and merge. They talk to anybody. They're loyal. They probably actually won't reach out to you. They're considered um, the least complex number. What you see is what you get. They go along to get along. Um, they stay kind of out of your business. Um, they see both sides of, a, of conflict, and um, but can be passive aggressive. Um, sometimes decisions take a long time and they struggle with procrastination and um, their communication style though is easygoing and they have a drive to avoid all conflicts um, and they want to have peace and preserve the status quo. All right. So the great thing about nines is that they're peacemakers. They see both sides. They want everybody to get along. But maybe the disadvantage is they can be kind of conflict avoidant, which can make them kind of passive aggressive because they can float on both sides of the fence. And people like that can make other people crazy if they want to know exactly where you stand. But those people who are a type nine are like, well, I can't do that because I've got, you know, my way of keeping peace is to not take a side or to not feel strongly about something. And again, this builds understanding. Trainers, instructors, this is my goal is that we're using the Enneagram to build understanding that when you look at a type nine, you're like, well, that makes 
me crazy. Yes, but at the same time, some of our clients are going to show up as this person. And if we can have empathy that some of our characteristics might make them crazy, then we can see the world through a broader lens and know that that we all have qualities and characteristics that resonate with other people and that don't resonate with other people. But as trainers, we want to show up as people who get along with all personality types and who can welcome them with open arms and have enough intelligence to say, it's okay that you're not like me. As a matter of fact, I like that. You challenge me. And I know now I have a better understanding of how you move through the world so I can work with you and meet your needs better. That was my goal for these two sessions. And if I met that goal, please do let me know. So Jana, I'm talking to Jana. She's an Enneagram coach and she's also a nurse. Jana, I have just a couple of ending questions for you before we end this episode. Is it possible for you to really quickly, since you did the three centers of intelligence, is it possible for you to very quickly synopsize those nine types? In other words, like type one, two, three goes in head type. Can you do yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So type um, two, three, and four are in the heart center of intelligence. Type five, six, and seven is the head center of intelligence. And lastly, eight, nine, and one are in that body or that gut center of intelligence. Okay. That helps. I think that that helps a lot. You also answered another one of my questions. You said four was the more rare one. Um, and the main thing is you talked about the motivations and also the growth points. So in other words, the sticking points, the growth points are sticking points. Not that we are flawed, but that we have ways that we can grow through understanding our personality and ways that we can help our clients grow. Um, and also just, you know, how we, how we match other people in our world and having greater empathy and compassion for ourselves and for them. So Jana Thomason, thank you so much. Thanks for the work that you do as a nurse, but also thanks for the work that you do as an Enneagram coach. I want to leave one last word with all of you trainers out there. You, if you take the Enneagram, I took the WEPS, W-E-P-S-S. It cost me $10. There's also, I believe, Trilogy, Jana said, which is, or Truity, sorry, which is free. When you take it, they send you a bunch of results. What you can do then is deep dive. You can order a book about it. You can read articles about it, or you can hire a coach to help you better understand yourself if you're so interested. But this should give you a really, really good foundation and understanding. And I, I hope you do it. I hope that you take my session at Optima on emotional intelligence. And I hope that you really, um, really consider the benefit of building our emotional intelligence, the benefit of understanding who we are and how we navigate the world so that we can really embrace all types of people and help all types of people get fit. So thank you again, Jana. Thank you to our NASM and APA audience. We will see you next time. Oh,